Good afternoon, good morning. This is Mark Johnson, CEO of Loyalty360. Welcome you to another episode of our Loyalty360 Leaders in Loyalty podcast. In this series, we talk to the brand leaders who are at the front lines in customer channel and brand loyalty about what they are seeing uh, in today's uh, era of COVID-19, but also about new products that could potentially enhance the customer experience and engagement. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with David Sykes. David is the head of UX Klarna. Klarna is uh, one of the new hot technology companies in the fintech world. Uh, glad to have you here. David, how are you? Uh, I'm, I'm very well, thank you, Mark. Thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely. Can you give us a brief overview of Klarna and your role with the company? Yeah, sure. So look, I, I lead Klarna's uh, US business. Uh, Klarna, uh, by way of quick overview, is one of the largest uh, and most successful uh, payments and shopping service uh, providers globally. So uh, we work with about 200,000 retailers around the world. We have about 85 million customers globally. Uh, here in the US, which is now our fastest growing market, uh, we have about 8 million customers. We work with you know, uh, almost 4,500 uh, retailers and really importantly, some of the, some of the best retailers uh, in the US. So you know, think of H&M, think of Sephora, think of the North Face, think of Abercrombie & Fitch, Ticketmaster, Bose. Um, you know, we're really fortunate to have some, uh, some great partnerships here and, and we're growing really quickly. Um, at the core of what we do is uh, we partner with retailers uh, and we give their customers the opportunity to uh, pay more flexibly, uh, typically in installments. Um, and we also have a, uh, you know, a really popular shopping app here in the, here in the US, which extends that experience uh, that a customer gets on one of our um, established retail partnerships like a Sephora and lets them you know, use those flexible payment terms uh, and some other great experiences on any uh, shopping destination here in the US. Uh, obviously, Klarna has been getting a, a great deal of uh, press recently. Uh, with COVID-19, the interest in uh, buying now and paying later is, is something that's uh, increasingly of interest. Can you share us a little more uh, about Klarna's launch in the U.S., the brand's history and, and, and growth uh, for those who may not be familiar? Yeah, sure. So look, Klarna, uh, Klarna was founded actually in Sweden um, uh, in 2005. Um, uh, and it was founded by um, uh, Sebastian, our, our global uh, uh, CEO and co-founder. And, you know, he, he was straight out of, straight out of, uh, straight out of school, right? Um, and I think the, the, what's really interesting is the problem he was trying to solve for back in, back in Sweden and, and Europe and, you know, the, the problem he solved for with such success is, is actually what we're seeing here in the US today. And that is um, credit cards in particular uh, were never as prevalent um, in, uh, in Europe as they, you know, historically were uh, in the US. Um, and you had this sort of um, uh, intersection of growing e-commerce and, you know, people didn't have credit cards, right? And, um, and you had a scenario where people were reluctant to put their debit cards into you know, new e-commerce sites. It was a little bit unfamiliar. Um, you know, people didn't want um, you know all of their um, uh, you know their, their pay coming straight out. And, you know, if a return was late or whatever it is, it might tie up some cash flow. So Sebastian launched um, uh, launched Klarna, and, and and the goal was really simple. It's just you know, how do you make shopping simpler? You know, and, and not just payments. How do you make shopping um, simpler? Um, uh, they enjoyed tremendous success uh, in uh, in Sweden. They enjoyed uh, tremendous success in, in Europe. Um, uh, over the you know the past sort of fifteen years, uh, Klarna has grown to be um, Europe's highest valued private fintech. You know we've attracted uh, the support of some amazing investors like Sequoia Capital, um, you know Ant Financial, Visa. Um, so the, the the company you know grew really really quickly, and now it's you know a household name in Sweden, a household name in Germany. Um, household name in, in the UK, for example. But what was interesting when Klarna first uh, thought about expanding here in the US was, um, you know, that 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 sort of um, 
uh, um, uh, experience of a very large number of consumers not having a credit card. You know, that, that foundation wasn't here when Klarna first uh, first launched in, in the US. I'm um, uh, sorry, first launched in, in Europe. And, and all of that changed post the global financial crisis. So all of a sudden, you know, we saw this huge demographic shift where young people in particular started to become um, uh, very sceptical of traditional financial products. You know, young people um, stopped adopting credit cards, you know, at the rate of uh, uh, older generations. So the same problems that Sebastian had sort of, you know, tried to solve for in, in, in Europe all of a sudden became a pressing issue here in the US. So um, uh, we've seen uh, extraordinarily fast growth here in the US and I think in large part it's driven by, you know, the fact that young people in particular are looking for more flexible payment options that don't come, you know, with a 20% interest rate attached to it. And so our, um, our most successful product here in the US gives a consumer the uh, ability to split a payment into four interest-free installments, almost like a modern take on layaway, right? But I, I think it was the, the perfect time given the, 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 the way in which young people started to, you know, just think differently about traditional credit. Okay, excellent. So you've talked a little bit about how Klarna works. Can you talk more about the process? Who's using it? I think you mentioned that a lot of people are using it for budgeting, how you make your revenue, and most importantly, how does a merchant benefit from using your offering? Yeah, sure. Um, so look, if you if you think about the, I'll take you through the, the standard customer experience, right? Uh, uh, you know, a, a customer first learns about um, uh, Klarna on the, the product page of one of our partners' websites. So, you know, they'll be on Sephora or they'll be on H&M or, um, or the North Face, whatever the, the brand might be. Uh, and they will, um, they'll be on the product page, they'll see a great item that will say, you know, um, $100. Uh, beneath that, they'll see um, what we call the Klarna widget, which will say $100 or four interest-free payments of $25 with Klarna. Like I said, you know, almost like a modern take on, on layaway. Um, and how it works is uh, the customer then chooses us at the checkout. So they'll see, you know, pay with a credit card, pay with PayPal, or, or pay, pay by installments with Klarna. Um, the customer is going to pay 25% of the purchase price on day one. And we're then going to effectively tokenize their credit or debit card. So basically turn that purchase into a subscription and every two weeks that customer is going to pay a further 25%. So, you know, in that $100 example, $25 on day one, two weeks later, 25, four weeks, six weeks, etc. The magic of the model is the customer is going to get the product upfront and we're actually going to pay the retailer uh, the, uh, the, the full purchase uh, amount minus our fee upfront as well. So we basically take on all of the risk, customer gets the product. Uh, very importantly, this is a merchant-funded model. Uh, and what I mean by that is there's no cost to a customer for using uh, that, that paying for with Klarna. Um, instead, what we're going to do is we're going to charge the retailer um, a slightly higher transaction fee. So almost like an American Express, you know, we're going to be, you know, 1% or 2% more than their traditional um, payment costs. So why do retailers, you know, agree to, agree to make that um, incremental cost? Um, and, and the reason is really simple. You know, when you add Klarna as a payment option uh, on one of our partners' websites, you know, it really leads to a very profound change in consumer purchasing behaviour. So uh, not uncommon for us to see conversion, which relates to, you know, um, the number of people who go to a website, how many of them convert, how many of them actually make a, make a transaction. We see that increase 10 to 30%. Uh, we see average order values, you know, how much a consumer spends at a, at a website. Um, you know, we see that increase anywhere between 30 and, you know, as high as 100%. Um, and I think the, the statistic that surprises most of our partners is almost overnight, we will begin processing anywhere between 10 and 30% of all of our partners' um, 
um, online transactions. So very common for us to be, you know, larger than PayPal on our uh, partner's website. So the reason they pay that, you know, nominally higher fees, uh, they see a really significant increase in sales. But very important component of the model. It's merchant funded. It's free for the free for the consumer. Okay. And merchant funded, as you know, in the US has uh, somewhat of a uh, dubious uh, kind of trend, right? When you get to look at some of the things on uh, the credit card side and the credit card programs. But I think for, uh, from what you're doing from a merchant funded offering, it, it's definitely much more meritorious. And uh, I think it's uh, something the customers want for sure. You, you talked a little bit about how people are using it, how millennials may be using it. The fact that not uh, as many millennials may have a credit card, they don't trust credit card companies. Can you talk a little bit more about how they are using it? Yeah, sure. Look, um, uh, at its core, you know, what, what were we solving for here, right? Like we wanted to provide, first off, we're an extraordinarily, you know, customer-centric um, business. You know, for us, customer preference is, is everything. And, you know, we don't want to just be the, 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 the preferred, um, you know, buy now, pay later option at the checkout. We want a customer choosing us instead of PayPal. You know, we want a customer choosing us instead of an Amex or a Visa credit card, right? We, we want to be the consumer's first point, uh, first point of call, right? Um, and fundamentally, we, we want to be more than a payment option. You know, we want to, we want to make shopping better. So, um, you know, our, our starting point was how do we provide flexibility? You know, how do we provide transparency? Uh, but more importantly, how do we provide just a smoother, more enjoyable uh, overall shopping experience? So the, the user experience is customer finds us on Sephora, they use us. And, and, you know, in the first instance, they're really just using us almost like a, a budgeting tool or a cash flow management tool, you know, smoothing out, you know, $200 into four uh, interest-free payments of $50, you know, probably syncs with their, with their pay cycle. It really starts as a, you know, almost just like a budgeting tool. But it evolves really quickly, right? So uh, once a customer has used this, you know, we then invite them to, you know, download our app. Um, and then that's where the, you know, uh, the, the shopping experience starts, you know, in the Klarna app. And just to put it into perspective, we have a million monthly active users of our app today, four and a half million, month, uh, four and a half million downloads. We only launched our app in, in July uh, of last year. So extraordinary growth in the app. And within that app, Customers can they can wish list an item uh, and they can share that wish list. They can uh, do price drop notifications on their favorite retailers. They can follow their favorite retailers. They can track a package. Uh, it's a holistic shopping experience. And of course, they can use the app to pay for anywhere, even where client is not an option at the checkout. So um, we find that consumers start by using us uh, as a budgeting tool, you know, similar to that concept of you know a modern take on layaway, but very quickly. Um, the, the relationship evolves to one where, you know, we're, we're a preferred way to shop. Uh, and we see the average um, app user here in the US um, spending seven minutes per session um, uh, uh, with, the, with the Kleiner app, which is, you know, extraordinarily high uh, engagement. Okay. How can they pay uh, for uh, a, kind of a product that's not in the app or someone you may not have an agreement with? Yeah, great, great question. Look, when we started, you know, um, uh, it was it, pre-app, the experience for a customer, you know, wasn't, wasn't great in, in some ways. You know, they would find us on their favorite retailer. They'd love the experience. They'd go to Amazon and, and guess what? We're not there. You know, the, the engagement stopped. Um, and so, you know, to, to get to, you know, that sort of like PayPal-like or Apple Pay-like level of ubiquity, we knew it was just going to take a, take a bit of time, right, to win one merchant at a time. Uh, we also knew that the most common customer um, service query we got was where else can I use client? So we developed the Kleiner app um, and it's some really interesting technology. So uh, effectively, when you download the Kleiner app um, and you go to shop with the Kleiner app, 
the Kleiner app becomes a browser. So it's going to look, you know, look and feel very much like, you know, if you're just shopping on your mobile phone. In, in the background, what's going to happen is when you go to make a transaction, we're going to generate a one-time Klarna Visa card. It's going to populate the checkout uh, or the card form of the, the, the website you're on. So you could go to Amazon today using the Klarna app, make a purchase, and effectively Klarna is going to foot the bill. So we're going to um, uh, make um, uh, enter our credit card details automatically into the credit card form, uh, and we're going to pay, pay that on behalf of the customer. We're then going to charge the customer only 25% of that purchase. And we're going to revert to that, you know, paying for model, still interest-free, 25% every two weeks. So uh, really exciting technology. You know, we were the, we were the first to do it. Uh, it's growing really quickly. And uh, fundamentally what we're trying to do is, you know, replicate that first great experience that a customer has when they use um, Klarna on, you know, one of our um, existing relationships and, and make sure they can do that anywhere. And the engagement we're seeing is phenomenal. You know, once we get that, that first-time experience with a Klarna, customer they are uh, they, they they come back again and again and again which is really exciting and excellent you, you mentioned uh and you talked about customer loyalty customer experience a, a few times how do you define customer loyalty we always like to understand how brands are defining it from a connotative and denotative perspective you know what does customer loyalty mean to you and to Klarna yeah that, that's a great question look it's all about it, it's consumer preference that's all it is so you know if you think about a it's a good time to be a consumer when it comes to, you know, the array of payment options that are available to them. Um, you know, when, when you go to, um, you know, one of our, you know, integrated partners, you know, there might be another installment option at the, at the checkout. But more importantly, there, there is PayPal, there is Apple Pay, you know, there's Alipay, you know, there, there's a whole heap of options available to them. There are, you know, credit cards offering, you know, um, uh, high fees, but, but you know, a lot of loyalty options as well, right? So for us, you know, consumer preference is everything. You know, how do we create an experience that is um, in, in total, you know, so positive and so, you know, value accretive for, for our customers that when they go to that checkout, you know, we're always, you know, top of mind. We're always their first go-to. That's, that's how we think about loyalty, consumer preference, right? So um, uh, for us, you know, the act of just dividing something up into installments at the checkout, pretty straightforward, you know, almost... Um, almost becoming a commodity. You know, we, from the very start, wanted to be much more than a payments company. So when you think about Klarna and, and our ambition, you know, it's not just replicate PayPal. Um, uh, our ambition is to sit at the, almost like the intersection of shopping uh, and payments and banking and make all of those activities, you know, much, much uh, easier for our customers. That's awesome. When, when you look at uh, kind of customer loyalty, you launched Vibe recently, which is your first loyalty program. Uh, and I think it's the first loyalty program in the buy now, pay later space. Can you give us an overview of the program? Uh, what was the inspiration for the program uh, and kind of what you expect uh, to see going forward? Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, the, one of the, if you look at our, um, our audience, right, it, it's actually fairly diverse. You know, it's diverse from, you know, we, we started out, you know, um, looking to target millennials and, and Gen Z customers. Um, uh, and what we found is it's actually got a pretty, um, uh, a, a pretty broad um, um, appeal. Um, the one unifying characteristic of our customer base is, you know, overwhelmingly they're using a debit card. So, you know, anywhere between 80 and 85% of the customers who, you know, make a transaction with the client on any given day, and, and we process a million transactions per day. Um, uh, on any given day, about 80 to 85% of the transactions we process are debit card transactions. And, you know, it always struck us as unfair that, you know, th those, those debit card users are, um, um, uh, aren't, you know, 
typically being able to take advantage of, of so many of the you know um, good loyalty programs that are available to credit card users. So we saw this massive opportunity um, to to not only be the first, but you know um, over time continue to be the best when it comes to a loyalty program for, for those users. So that was the sort of the, the genesis of it. You know, how do we make sure that you don't get penalized for using a debit card and you know you don't have to go and pay you know a five hundred dollar annual fee to you know benefit from uh, an awards program. So we launched Vibe. Uh, and Vibe uh, effectively means that when a customer uh, a client or customer uses us anywhere, uses us on the app, uses us one of our um, integrated retail partners, uh, for every one dollar they spend, uh, they're going to get a Vibe point. Uh, and with that, you know, they're going to be able to do a lot. So one is, you know, it can be as simple as uh, redeeming for rewards like gift cards from, you know, Sephora or Uber or Starbucks. Um, but as excitingly, it could be um, uh, access to um, exclusive online sales. You know, we work with some really cool sneaker companies, you know, giving uh, giving customers the, the, you know, the first opportunity to, you know, uh, purchase a, a new sneaker that's dropped. Um, you know, there's a whole heap of different ways that we're um, we're layering on rewards for those customers. But that was the genesis of it. You know, you, know, you shouldn't be penalised for being a debit card holder. You shouldn't be penalised for, you know, wanting to, you know, think responsibly about, you know, how you how you make purchases. And, you know, Vibe was designed to reward those customers. Okay, awesome. So when uh, you look at that, how should uh, or how do you view the, the, the kind of the competitive nature? If someone has a loyalty program, is this supposed to be complementary or meant to be complementary like a Honey or some of the other uh, kind of larger coalition type applications? So you bring value to, to the brand as well or, or do you view it as somewhat competitive or how does that look? Yeah, great question. And actually something we were talking about before the podcast, right? Um, we, you know, transparently, when we um, created Vibe, it was, was with the customer in mind. It was about, you know, how do we, you know, uh, reward customers' loyalty, you know, not unsurprisingly. I think the thing that's been most interesting uh, from, from my perspective, because I spend so much time talking to retailers, is just how much the program has resonated with retailers um, uh, and how much interest there is in the program and, and getting involved. Because if you think about it, the... The, the previous experience um, when um, a customer chooses an installment option um, at a retailer's website is that there's there's no engagement with a loyalty program. In fact, you know, the, the touch points that the, the retailer has traditionally had with the customer who goes and chooses um, uh, a buy now, pay later option is actually pretty limited, right? So I actually think, you know, um, the, the previous state was there was probably more um, competitiveness. You know, it was either, you know, make a transaction, you know, on a debit card or using a, maybe, you know, an American Express branded private label credit card and, and get some points or use the, 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 the buy now, pay later option, benefit from installments, but, but get no points and, you know, m- maybe not have as deep a relationship with the retailer. What's really exciting is the conversations we're having at the moment about how do we get our retail partners involved. So, you know, like I said, you know, Sephora is one of our, one of our great partners here in the US. Um, you know, the, the rewards that you can get on a Sephora um, uh, buy program are a support gift card, right? So it's, you know, how can we be really, really creative? Um, how can we, for example, you know, if there are existing um, uh, loyalty users for one of our pre, uh, uh, pre-existing retail partners, how do we, you know, um, make sure that those, um, you know, diamond level loyalty program um, customers automatically get, you know, uh, access to Vibe or, you know, higher status in Vibe or whatever it might be. So um, we very much see this as complementary. And I think, you know, what's really exciting in, in, you know, the months ahead is, you know, how do we, you know, start to, again, layer in, you know, the the, the programs that we're doing with um, with Vibe in, in concept with our retail partners. Okay, great. And when you look at the program, what are some goals you have for the program and, and how will you define and measure success going forward? 
Yeah, look, when we think about the customer, there's a whole heap of different metrics that we use from, um, uh, you know, um, uh, NPS stores to uh, uh, session engagements to, um, you know, um, how many times a consumer is using us every month. You know, there's, there's a number of metrics that we close. We, we obviously track really closely. Um, engagement and uh, continued consumer preference are always the lens through we uh, we view success um and loyalty is, is no different you know um our um uh, success for us from the loyalty program is um is the customer goes from using us uh you know 1.5 times every month to 2.1 times every month or a customer goes from spending seven minutes on the app to spending seven and a half minutes on the app um, you know that engagement is really, really critical. You know, the more the more a customer engages with us, the more we learn about the customer, the more we can tailor our products and our offers and our deals, and um, you know the the the, the whole experience um, to uh, to the customer's very, very specific needs. And um, uh, so it's sort of like a um, uh, the more time they spend on Klarna and the more time they shop with Klarna, the better Klarna becomes as a tool for them. So anything we can do to strengthen and deepen that engagement is really important for us. Uh, and we actually see Vibe as a you know, critical tool you know that consumer preference always thinking about that consumer preference is the lens we review uh vibe through okay great and when you're developing the program you know, how is customer feedback incorporated and, and and how do you use uh plan to use voc uh, going forward you talked about you know uh where can i use it next earlier how do clients you know they wanted to have a kind of a broader a uh, grouping of uh, brands they could uh, leverage around. And so you obviously are using VOC. So how do you plan to kind of use that going forward? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. And VOC is, again, you know, if, if customer preference is the lens through you through which um, you view everything, you, you've got to understand, you know, what, what that is, you know, what your customers want, what they're saying. Um, and, you know, we did a heap of things like transparently again, you know, we, we looked at what we thought was best in class in the market, you know, the idea of being able to level up. Uh, the idea of being able to access high-level benefits um, when consumers spend more. Um, you know, it was really, really clear that there were um, uh, some examples in market where um, uh, consumer engagement was really strong and, you know, we wanted that a part of our program. So, you know, we looked at what um, what others had that customers were interested in and we, we, we looked at, you know, how we could layer that into to what we're doing. We also, you know, spoke to our customers about, you know, what were the core things that made Kleiner attractive to them you know, from the get-go, you know, flexibility, transparency. Um, uh, and we made sure that um, uh, Vibe, you know, epitomised all of those sorts of things, you know. Um, sounds like a really simple thing, but very easy to make a loyalty program. Um, but if it's not driving real value for a customer, a customer's going to, you know, smell it out immediately and, you know, um, uh, ignore it. It's going to have a, a negative effect on your business. So making sure that there was a value in the product you know, we knew was important from day one. So um, we have a really um, sophisticated, really tight, you know, what we call product feedback loop where um, whether it's a retailer has an issue with a customer, uh, a, a retailer has an issue with a, a product or a customer who's interacting with a product, you know, we make sure we, um, uh, we're we really tight and how do we, um, in a shorter period of time, learn from that, relay to a product team, um, push something into development, get it out, uh, ship that product, uh, and, you know, uh, so on and so on. So VOC is really, really important for us. Okay. And what is, or what are maybe some of the things that you've uh, learned while developing by, maybe some interesting things or valuable things you've learned, you've kind of touched on a few of them now, and maybe were some things that you saw that you didn't expect to see, or you expected to see and you didn't see, or you did? Yeah, uh, vice great, great question. Um, so like, like I said, you know, I was surprised by the interest from retailers, and the more I think about it, I, I shouldn't have been, right? Like, loyalty is obviously still at the core of what what, what they do right um uh, but i was i was blown away by how interested 
um, our retail partners were in, in getting involved. You know, I think the other thing that um, uh, overwhelmingly has surprised me about uh, not just Vibe, but, but you know, my experience with Kleiner in general is, you know, the, sort of the concept of community. And what I mean by that is, you know, um, it is very easy when you think about it, you know, um, a, a platform like Kleiner to just think of it as a payment option. Um, and uh, I think the thing that I get most excited about when I go to work at Kleiner is, you know, we, we are actually building almost like a lifestyle brand or a community, right? Like, um, you know, when you think about our brand partnerships, you know, we've worked with Snoop Dogg and we've worked with Lady Gaga. And um, the reason we do this, you know, the reason we feel so strongly about being transparent, about being flexible um, is um, those values, you know, we're, 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 we're going to be carbon neutral soon, like um, as a business, like these are values that uh, our community can really engage with, really embrace. Um, and so I think, you know, when we think about Vibe, yes, it's a loyalty program. Yes, it's designed to, um, you know, increase engagement. But, you know, it's just an extension of this idea of what we're trying to build here uh, is a real community. Uh, and it's a community that, um, that you know, um, feels, you know, really positively about Klarna. It's a community that feels positively about the, the retailers we work with. And, you know, when you, when you nail that, when you get that right, you know, we almost become a megaphone for our retail partners. So, you know, we are, you know, in, in August, just as a quick, quick example, you know, in August, um, we're running in partnership with, um, with, with Cosmopolitan a two-day sale event, right? So Cosmo is promoting it to their 70 million monthly readers. We're promoting it to, you know, our 8 million users. All of our retail partners uh, are getting involved. You know, Reebok's going to be doing 40% discounts. Sephora's giving away uh, gifts when you purchase with Sephora, you know, on that two-day weekend. You know, that's much more than just being a payment option. You know, it's about creating a community. It's about really being a partner for your your, your retailers. And it's about creating real value for, you know, the, the people who use you. So, you know, I, I think Vibe is an extension of that concept of community that we're trying so hard to build. Okay, great. And what's the biggest challenge you face in your role at Klarna today? And, and maybe how do you see that changing over the next uh, you know, 12 months? Yeah, good question. Um, look, the I think it's, you know, Klarna's in a really interesting position here in the US, right, where um, Kleiner in Europe is uh, steady state, you know, ultra successful household name, you know, Kleiner in Sweden is like Google, right? Um, here, we are we are a, a rapidly growing business. Um, like, you know, we're, we're on the, you know, the, the, the hockey stick, right? So um, a, a big part of my, my challenge is, is manage that growth you know, um, hire enough people to, to support the fantastic retailers that you're bringing on board. You know, um, there is so much interest in our business. You know, every, once, one, once that, effectively every month for the next six months, we will onboard, you know, um, uh, one of the top 200 retailers here in the US. Um, uh, you know, that's enormous growth, right? So a big challenge for me is just, you know, manage that growth, um, hire great people, create a great workplace. Um, and that's something I think about all the time. The other, uh, the other, you know, I, I, it's a challenge, but it's an opportunity, right? Is the, um, the the technology that you know underpins what we do is just changing so fast, um, and um, uh, you've got to you've got to keep up with it, right? You know, I, I use the example of Sephora. I think we, from from signed contract to live with Sephora, was probably three to four weeks. You know, that was impossible two years ago. You know, two years ago, you want to add PayPal, it's going to take you six to nine months. Um, you know, the things that we're doing in, in the app, you know, tracking a package, wish lists, you know, th these are these are cool things, you know, using uh, AI to, you know, make um, 
uh, make more effective recommendations to a customer. You know, the technology is just changing so quickly, and and for that, uh, for us, that's challenge and opportunity. So, so we think about that a lot. We're, we're a very product driven company. Um, they'd be the two big ones off the, off the top of my head. Okay, what do you see and what do you believe maybe the next big thing for customer loyalty and customer experience? Yeah, look, I I, I think it's a unified experience. So, you know, I think um, um, I think there are a whole heap of trends that were. Um, growing anyway, and I think COVID and, and, and the challenges that retailers are facing at the moment have just, you know, radically accelerated those trends. You know, I think I put buy now, pay later in, into that, you know, bucket of trends. Um, but the the biggest one I think is a unified experience. So, you know, how do you um, make sure that you know a customer's experience, whether it be online or whether it be in store, is you know consistent, seamless, you know, and extraordinarily positive. So, you know, one, one of the biggest parts of our business that's growing at the moment is, is in-store. You know, we're live in-store today with every Sephora. We're live in-store today with every H&M. You know, we're live in-store with Good American. We're live in-store with, I think, about 350 foot lockers. Um, and yet, of course, people obviously think of us as an online business. But that's easily, you know, um, one of the, the fastest growing parts of our business and, you know, will be for a long period of time. And, and at the core of, you know, those retailers, um, you know, thinking about us in the, um, in the, you know, the brick and mortar environment is, you know, I don't want a customer to come to a physical store and get a different experience. So I think that, you know, um, the, the brands from a customer loyalty and a customer experience perspective that can, you know, create that seamless, consistent, unified uh, customer experience and it's of course it has to be positive it can't just be a, a unified poor experience it's got to be a unified positive experience but i think you know i, I think that's uh, that, that's the, the the retail business in particular that are going to do really well and one last question uh, it would seem like the old school financial entities would either want to partner with you or view you as a big threat or maybe view you as something that needs to be acquired right to either uh kind of quiet down or integrate the offerings how are you viewed in the kind of the traditional uh, financial services industry. Yeah, look, I um, uh, you know, it, it's a great question, right? Um, you know, I, I think there's no question that you know, um, we see our role in in small partners, you know, being being a disruptor. You know, we um, we didn't feel like the traditional suite of financial products were um offering um young people in particular um you know the great products. You know, we we. Uh, we uh, think part of the reason why we have been adopted so quickly is, you know, there was a need in the market for transparency. There was a need in the market for flexibility. Um, uh, and, you know, customers were just changing how they think about traditional financial uh, um, um, companies. So, look, I, I think I think there's a bit of, you know, um, uh, apprehension on the on the behalf of the big banks and the big financial institutions. Of course, you know, change is happening so quickly. Um, you know, when they look at, you know, companies like ours and some of our competitors, no, no question that there's a, you know, a level of apprehension. I think what's interesting as well, though, is that there's no question that there's a level of emulation as well. So we're already seeing some of the more established players start to think about installments and start to think about, you know, more flexible uh, payment options and start to think about transparency. And that overwhelmingly will be a good thing for all consumers. So, um, you know, we're very, very focused on just providing a phenomenal customer experience being a phenomenal partner for retailers. And I actually think the more success we have in doing that, um, yeah, there's going to be apprehension from, you know, bigger financial players, but there's also going to be emulation. And, you know, I, I actually think that's overwhelmingly going to be positive. You know, so if we can if we can shake up the system a bit and drive people to change, you know, how they think about, you know, this experience for a customer, that, that's going to be good for everyone. 
Well, one last question. Um, if some would say that you know people don't have uh, two hundred dollars to spend on jeans. You know, putting on a on a you know a, a plan that makes it allowable may not be the best thing to do. But you're viewing it more as kind of a, a kind of a, uh, you mentioned kind of a layaway plan, right? A more of a uh, kind of a budgeting tool versus you know enabling them to buy something they may not be able to afford because you you obviously seen very low uh, default rates, correct? Yeah, correct. And, and you know what, I, I, I get this question you know, every once in a while. And you know, my response to it uh, always is like, I, I literally buy my coffee on an American Express credit card. Like, no, no kidding, I put my coffee on, on an Amex, right? Um, uh, when I buy a $50 t-shirt or a $500 pair of you know, sneakers, um, I pay with, a, pay with a credit card. Um, and I think what's really interesting is that, you know, we, we never view that act of paying with a credit card on small purchases as, you know, needing to extend payments that's exactly what it is though uh, and you know historically what happens is uh, with a credit product yeah it's, it's a lot of 10 and a lot of 20 dollar purchases but, but they all add up right and when there's a 20 percent you know apr attached to you know those purchases in aggregate consumers can get in real trouble so you know when i think about this it's absolutely as a budgeting tool it's absolutely um uh, as a customer smoothing out their payments but but it's also some really simple things that we take for granted you know the, the reality is when you pay with a credit card um, online, you have a whole heap of protections that aren't necessarily available to you when you pay with a debit card. You know, when you pay with a credit card online and, you know, you decide that you want to return that product, it doesn't really matter if it takes two weeks for, for that, you know, return to process and the funds to, to hit your credit card. Um, when you're paying on a debit card, you know, that, that's money out of your bank. You know, you're, you're two weeks without that cash, right? So um, I actually think about it as just being a, a totally different way to pay. You know, there, there was a need for you know, some intermediary type product between, you know, the benefits that are, benefits and the risks that a credit card provides and uh, the benefits and the risks that a debit card provides. And, you know, we really wanted to, to fill that gap for consumers who saw value in it. But, you know, when we look at how consumers interact with the product, when we talk to our consumers um, or our customers, it's all about um, uh, flexibility. It's all about cash flow management. It's all about budgeting. Um, and, you know, I think that's reflected in, you know, what the industry as a whole sees from a, from a default perspective you know um, average credit card balance you know ten twenty thousand dollars you know there's an extraordinary amount of risk in, in that model average order value through platforms like ours it's going to be 150 dollars you know um, and if you break that if you think about that in that you know that you know four four um, four payments every two weeks you know we're talking 37 dollars etc for, for a customer so really manageable amount for uh, for consumers um, uh, to, to spread out over time that's awesome. Okay. Well, I think uh, very interesting to hear about the product. Uh, I've been reading about it a great deal in uh, different periodicals. And thank you for talking with us today. Uh, we appreciate the time and, and look forward to hearing more from Klarna. So uh, thanks very much, David. Hey, no, no, uh, again, I appreciate you having me on and um, uh, thanks very much.